go into different things, uh, different chapters of your life. Just dive into whatever is important to you. I'm very interested in your story. Where do you want to start? So I guess I'll just probably start probably around like toddler years, just because that's when like the first major event happened. My parents got divorced when I was three. And, you know, there's that whole idea, especially on the far right fringes, where things like separated parents will cause kids to to deviate from the right path and things like that. And that's something that I've definitely had family in my own life agree to that, like, oh, yeah, the divorce is where things started to go wrong. So I would say that's the first big major thing. So I started living with my mom and stepdad and then my dad and godmother on the weekends and bouncing back and forth. So I lived a lot of my life just kind of out of a bag. Home was a very nebulous idea for me where it just kind of changed very often. And then at 11, my father passed away from cancer, which is another one of those big, you know, moments that people are like, oh, well, that that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Never mind that it's just completely traumatic in and of itself. Exactly. And at the end of the day, like who who could say, who could say for sure if that is what did or didn't do something to my brain that turned me queer or whatever. Like it, our life experiences make us who we are. If that just so happened to make me who I am, then so be it. It's wild to me how people will latch onto that though. People just like, I've had so many people just be like, yep, there it is. That's that's the reason why you started liking creepy things and why why you started being queer. And I'm just like, what does that have to do with it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you're gonna you're gonna delve into your story here, but what was your initial reaction when people started asking you that or just trying to blame that? I mean, so I came out as bi at 16, so it was like a good amount of time between my father passing at 11 and then me coming out as any kind of queer. And it actually, my awakening was very bizarre. I was taken to see The Avengers when it came out in theaters with my friends, with an old friend of mine. I was obsessed. I was obsessed. The Avengers have always been a huge special interest of mine. Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. It. I was like... <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you could feel this way. And then I still remember after the movie, I was like trying to like bring it up to my mom. And my mom was like, yeah, no, she's pretty. And I was like, no, it's she. Um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it was very difficult to explain. It took me a, a, a little while after that, I'd say a couple months after that to really realize what it was and, and understand what was happening. And, uh, I had a, a girl in school who was a friend of mine who was also queer and her and I picked up a little, you know, kind of relationship. We were 16 young. She was in a very non-accepting environment. I was still unsure about coming out because I just didn't know. So it was a very short relationship, but she did help me come to terms with that. And I went to my parents, I think a week after we dated, we started dating. And I was like, hey, so uh, I think I'm bi and uh, I'm dating a girl. And, you know, I was really, sh- I was so nervous. I was shaking so badly. I remember like my dog even was like, something's wrong. Are we dying? What's what's going on? and animals are so intuitive (laughs) like the dogs were just like wait uh." (laughs) so i was finally told them and i will never forget my stepdad looked at me and was like that's great do do you want cake do do we get a cake for this should we get a cake like what 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 do we do i was like i don't think we need to get a cake for this but what he was like listen i don't gotta worry about you coming home being like i got knocked you're good he was just happy that he didn't have to worry about that conversation for at least a while i was like okay sure right So they were, you know, very accepting. They always have been. And 
up through every stage of my transition. They always have been, honestly. Um, unfortunately, around this period of time also, though, I was going through, I won't go into detail with it, but I was going through some sexual abuse and things of that nature in other environments. So I was having a really hard time feeling safe in femininity. You know, every aspect of my body blooming started becoming a target to people around me. And I didn't know how to stop it. So I just like hid all aspects of femininity. I wore baggy clothing. I wore sweatpants all the time. I, I really just tried to like cocoon away from any idea of it. And it took me a while to really come to terms with like, okay, that that was a lot of that was just fear of being feminine. Do you think that wearing the baggy clothes and maybe dark colors and things like that, do you think that that was just a way of kind of taming the femininity? Or do you also think that that was a way of kind of sort of conveying like from an energe energetic standpoint, I'm off limits. Don't talk to me. Don't look in my direction just because you were so busy processing and dealing with the trauma and dealing with just processing like everything going on in, in its multiple layers. If somebody were to approach you, even if it was maybe nothing sexual, but even for, in friendship or just kind of trying to open a door before you were ready, then that would be offsetting for you because you were just trying to like survive and keep it together. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I was, I was using certain things as armor to just keep people away. And I, it was, it's one of the reasons I always say, like, one of the reasons I got piercings is because a lot of the times people who I don't want to talk to won't talk to me because they're like, ah, they'll do that to their own face. What will they do to mine? And it just kind of, it creates like a silent conversation of like, let's just stay out of each other's way then. And I, that's kind of something that I've always done throughout my life is, is use certain things as just a way of, because I, I mean, I'm 4'11". I'm small. It's hard to tell on camera, but I am small. It's very difficult sometimes to go through the world recognizing that there are so many people around you who could hurt you if they wanted to. And just kind of having to to rationalize that and be okay with it. I'm I'm interpreting that like more like it's kind of like a cloak of protection, if you will. And yeah, I think even that's what because I I would came out as a trans man at 18 and was fully socially out as a trans man from the ages of 18 to 26. And I genuinely, looking back on that time, know that it was so necessary for me. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here today. Also recognize that it was in and of itself a shield for me personally, not at all the trans experience as a whole, but my personal experience with specifically trans masculinity was a shield. It was a way to to protect myself, cloak, to not have to always feel like I had to fight. I could just be and that was enough. That was I was safe in that. So that's kind of like the bridge. So you're talking about coming out as as bi well, first your dad passing away, coming out as bisexual, um, exploring your sexuality, and then in the midst of that, factoring in some sexual abuse, not knowing how to interpret that and integrate it into your own experience and um, identity. I don't know. I'm going to use that word loosely. No, honestly. You know, just what what you wanted to make of your own experience, what you're attracted to, um, just kind of learning more about yourself, right? Through that whole process and then getting to a point where it's like, okay, what, is, what does trans mean for me? And do I want to now step into this, let's just call it like new chapter as, as a way of maybe both dealing with all of that prior, right? All of that stuff that happened previous to that, but then also being open to what it's like to be a trans man and everything that comes along with that. 
It's complex. Oh, yeah. I would say every single trans experience is completely different and also completely complex. Like it's it's a, such a nuanced experience for every single person who experiences it. It's wild. Tell me a little bit more about your decision to step into the, the trans experience and what your experience was, I guess, throughout it. So it was... <sighs> Probably the best and worst experience of my life, if I'm being entirely honest. I started dating someone who I'm going to call, I'm just going to call X for the, the sake of anonymity, because uh, something tells me they would not want this information connected to them. We started dating first semester of our freshman year of college. And at that point, I was a creative writing major. I identified as a bisexual cis female. I had no idea what being trans even was. It had never once passed my radar. I had known uh, gay and lesbian people growing up, like my whole childhood and stuff like that. But trans people just never once crossed my radar outside of like comedy movies and stuff like that. You know, like it, it never felt like a real thing to me up until this point. I had a shaved head. I was a creative writing major. I it was I was a wild person at that point. They were very chill. They were very down to earth. They were very put together. Like looking back, almost too put together. <laughs> like should have been a red flag level of put together. You know, like you're a freshman in college, boy. Like we had started dating. We were dating for about a month. They came to me and they told me that they were experiencing things with their own gender. And they were like, I, I think I'm trans. And they had been born a male and were transitioning into a female. I was like, yeah, but also what? Like, it just kind of completely boggled my mind. They explained to me, you know, what being trans was in a very, very layman's term way. I can't even remember at this point exactly what the explanation was that they had given. But I was like, wait, that makes sense to me that I feel that I've never felt connected to being a woman or being being a girl, being any kind of feminine. I, I never really felt connected to being human. And I think that has more to do with the autism than anything else. But like the human experience in me have always kind of been at odds. A lot of that came forward with my gender. That, that was one of those things that was always pushed on me from a lot of other people that I just always felt kind of not really either or on, you know, I just felt like whatever about. And they, they opened the door to me to this whole world of like gender exploration. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is amazing. So we used makeup to give me a little beard and I, I put on one of their flannels and their jeans and their jeans barely fit me because I had such big hips in comparison to them. But we like, you know, like tied them together, ghetto rig style and they put me in front of a mirror. And it was like my whole, my whole perspective shifted. I was like, whole, holy, sh this is an option. It, it was like the the whole road had opened up in front of me where I just saw like fog and confusion and, and this really rickety path of healing that I didn't quite know how I was going to walk in heels. If that makes you know sense as an allegory, I saw a way of walking and I was like, Holy crap, like this is the way I just, I started walking. And unfortunately, like about a month or two into the relationship, it became very abusive. They assaulted me twice sexually and gave me a concussion by slamming my head up against the closet, uh, our closet door. 
it was a whole, yeah, it was, it was a mess. It was a, a large, large mess that ended up with a lot of collateral damage outside of just our relationship, which is something that I still regret. I, I regret how much that damage spread to people who didn't deserve it. But I had just been so fucked up by what happened with that relationship that I just was no longer able to be a person for a little while. So uh, I, I stayed with them. You're, you're dealing with the uh, exploration piece, the identity piece, identity of self, growing as a human, right? Evolving um, energetically as a, as, a, as a soul here on the, on the earth plane. Um, and then having to unpack uh, abuse that in, in most situations is uh, expected by the abuser to be normalized. A lot of, a lot of layers going on for you at this, at this mo moment. Yeah. It was, and I was, I think I was about to turn 19. I don't even think I turned 19 yet at this point. I don't know, just looking back, like it's so weird to be 27. And now I look at people that age and I'm like, you're a baby. But I was looking at myself like, no, I got this. I got this. I can handle anything. Well, I look at it from my perspective. 27 year olds are babies. <laughs> I ended up staying with this person even through all that because I just... I had found some a kindred spirit in them that I recognized in myself, and not even just with the gender thing, but we had both come from kind of dysfunctional backgrounds, dysfunctional home lives, a lot of traveling, you know, just a lot of messed up stuff that we really connected on. And uh, it took um, Christmas. Uh, I, I took them on a trip to New York City to see the lights because they'd never been, uh, they'd never seen the tree in person. They'd never done any of that. So I was like, oh, it's perfect. And on the way home, uh, my brake pad fell out of my car on the pavement. There's so many times I've told that story and people are like, wait, out of the, yeah, out of the car. I heard it hit the ground. They got out of the car. They brought it back into the car. We Googled it. They were like, this is your brake pad. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So we called my godmother who came and got us because <laughs> she lived very close to the area. And she brought us to get something to eat, brought us back to her place. I ended up getting them back home through a miracle. Uh, two days later, they broke up with me because I had a panic attack during that whole experience. And men don't have panic attacks. So that was like a rocket to my gender experience. I was like, what do you mean men don't have panic attacks? Well, first of all, of course they do. People have panic attacks, whether it's discussed and out in the open or not is another thing entirely. But even to be with somebody who doesn't recognize the fact that you're human being human and isn't willing to meet you kind of like on that human turf or that human plane, just in vulnerability is also like a huge, huge red flag. I, yeah, it was. And it's so wild to me looking back that like, instead of being like, oh, wow, that's a messed up person. I dodged a bullet. I was like, what did I do wrong? What did, how do I, how do I fix myself? How to, it was, it is so weird what enough being knocked down will do to a young psyche where it's just you become desperate for any kind of something to hold on to right and of course in a, in a abusive relationships you are uh the abuse is very insidious right so you don't even know really that it's happening even though i think subconsciously we know but the first place that we tend to go is logically like do I have proof of this? And does this make sense that this person who says that they love me would do this to me? And then we end up convincing ourselves that, oh, no, it's just me. It's all in my head. I, I, I'm, I'm the one who's crazy. When 
in reality, you're the one who's being positioned to be crazy. Yep. That was, I was a big proponent of, oh no, this is all just, this is all in my head. I'm just, it's fine. Yeah. That, that makes total sense to me. I think it's on par with the people that are the abuse, abusees. It's, it's wild. Oh my God. And just looking back, like that gaslight was hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think sometimes, sometimes people gaslight and they, I don't know, they just don't realize how dysfunctional it is. Sometimes they do it and they don't actually know what it is. And I think that stems from their own journey and uh, evolution of dysfunction, if that makes sense. I mean, I think the first step is learning to recognize actually what it is. And then, you know, because you need to recognize what it is before you can actually choose different things. So the next is basically just like 2016. So I I dropped out after my one year of college because I just I couldn't do it after all of that. I couldn't keep seeing the same people, even though this person had also dropped out, went to a different school after that year. I just couldn't do it. I went back home and it took me a while to to kind of figure out myself and settle and things like that. And a part of that while was 2016. I, I like to mark that down as just like the year that's just been lost. <laughs> that's like, that's the year that like X marks the spot. I'm not going to find that. Like she's gone. I don't remember most of it. I remember leaving home during a manic episode and being homeless during the cold. Uh, it was around Christmas. It was, I think about a month or two. Uh, I was with people who did not respect me or my gender. One of them, had a crush on me and I uh, kind of used that to my advantage to get things like food and cigarettes and, you know, things to function. I'll lay with my sins. That was, that was not exactly the best thing to do, but it, it was what I did to survive. And it's so weird because I look back at that time and I used so many things that would be considered like stereotypically masculine and stereotypically feminine in order to survive. I stole things from major corporations like Walmart and stuff like that and would barter and trade them for food and cigarettes. But I would also, you know, pretend to kind of be flirting with this guy to, you know, get things like a place to sleep that night and stuff like that. Like it it kind of just, it was very weird. It was a very weird time, but I do remember very distinctly having, towing a very thin line between masculinity and femininity in a lot of the things that I did and a lot of the, the unfortunate actions that I made. So the yeah. the terms uh, femininity and masculinity just lead me to think about how, you know, no matter what gender we identify by, or no matter what we are attracted to, I always tend to think that we are equal parts or maybe not so much equal, but that we have aspects of fem femininity and aspects of masculinity because ultimately we we have a mother and a father and we are created in their like image it's it's almost like you know the the sun and the moon whereas the sun is masculine and the moon is feminine um and that represents something that comes full circle right like with the day the sun rising and then setting and then moon coming up and then waxing and waning so i feel like just because we don't and even the moon's own cycles yeah, yeah totally but just because we don't ident we may not identify by a specific gender in its you know sort of totality doesn't mean that we don't have aspects of the other one you know absolutely and yeah that it's definitely that period of time that really helped me get in touch with like both aspects of myself 
Yeah, it's it's interesting to uh to get to know yourself. Um just amidst all the 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 movement, right? And all the um things placed on us by other people mm-hmm. and um their interpretation of the world and then their also their expectations of us, right? To just try to like assimilate all that and also really listen deeply to what's going on within us. And then not just like not just survive, but process and then choose to respond differently and then choose to evolve and then thrive. Right. So like getting from that Absolutely. surviving all the way through to the the part where, where we're thriving. Yeah. To the thrive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. I've, I've had a lot of instances of like, okay, we've got knocked down again. It's time to like pick ourselves back up. It's time to get back on our feet. Like there's been a lot of my life where it's just like, oh, I'm getting back on my feet. <laughs> like just for, for years and years of just getting back on, on two feet and like standing firm on solid ground. And yeah, it's, it's taken a while to get there, but I, I finally feel like my feet are on some solid ground. So it's a big plus. And, and the thing that we can expect is to be knocked down again, right? <clears throat> it's just that uh, as life goes on, we have more and more tools, right? That uh, keep us on the straight and narrow and keep us evolving, right? Keep us honest. We just acquire more tools through our, through our experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm.